little girls. This seems to say. But Robert Ford would only lay on the floor and look at the ceiling, the light going out of his eyes, before he could find the right words. What made you think I'm crazy? Okay then. Okay then. Okay then. Whatever are you doing? Hello, welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. I'm Bonnie Taylor. I'm Gabriella. I'm Dale. I'm Killian Lawler. I'm Emmanuel. I'm Patrick. I'm Joe. And we are joined, as you can hear, by members of Barney Taylor's uh, Hollywood Cinema Class. It is Hollywood Cinema Class. class. And a place where we used to be. Yes. Many years ago. Three years. years. Three years. No. This four. Four years. Four years ago. Gosh. And we survived. So we've invited them all here to be on Spoilerama this week, at Barney's suggestion, to discuss a classic film that everyone has seen, I hope, called The Big Lebowski. And it's a firm favourite for myself and Marina as well, because we're both big Coen Brothers fans. So I'm curious, has everyone here, had you seen it before this was mentioned? Yeah. Has anyone seen this film? Or was this your first time? Try <laughs> okay, well that's Joe, so that's an interesting controversial opinion at the start. I don't know, after like 45 minutes I kind of felt like there was just nothing going on. Right. I turned it off, but then once I, I watched it again, and after like an hour I thought it got really good, but I don't know, it seemed really slow or something at the start. start. It could be a bit confusing, like there's nearly, there's no epiphany in it, kind of. Yeah, I actually, because I watched it again, it didn't it occurred to me. It just like so gone with the flow. End of it. Well, it doesn't oh. go anywhere, does it? Mm. No. There's no real, um, what you call it, doesn't arc come full yeah. circle. Like, you don't actually find anything out. Nothing happens. Yes. Do we need to? No. no. That's the that's beauty. beauty. Yeah. yeah. There's no need for it. Well, the thing is, like, it's now, it is considered a major classic. But, like, there's all sorts of, it's like Rocky Horror in its own way. It's 8.1 out of 10 in IMDb, 82% of Rotten Tomatoes. You just and apparently that, 71% of Metacritic. You have a fun grasp of statistics. Well, I believe that a Guardian called it beguilingly funny, baggy, freewheeling, and strange as well. And they rank it number two at something, but that's disappeared from the screen now. No, it so, says up there. That, that, okay, in the Brothers filmography. Guardian. Well, I know, that's what I said, the Guardian oh, Okay. So, so out of the 18 films, it's ranked at number two, is it, Mick? Yes, apparently. And I and we both looked at this, myself and Marina, had a look at these rankings earlier on, and we do have a certain disagreement with it. I have lots of disagreements. What about if First we... Have many, many people seen the film? I've seen all of them, because I just love the Coen Brothers. Well, I've seen one and two. Number one and two? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, you've seen and one and two, two, or one or two? I've seen, I've ranked them. So, so no, no country for old men, men you would definitely yeah. say would be number one. Okay. Has anyone else? We're all seen counting one? it now. <laughs> we should have done this before. Uh, seen about five or six of them. In advance of five or six. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm... Who's seen them all? Mick, you've seen, I've them, seen all. them all. Well, you see, this is what... what? How many years of this? Well, since '84, since Blood Simple. You've seen them all in the cinema. Yeah. Well, apart from Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But this is an interesting question because they're not all good films. Oh, there. This is where I would disagree because see, I can remember this is how far back we're going. I can remember 1984 and seeing Blood Simple mm-hmm. and Blood Simple coming out and it being very, very indie, obscure film. 
like no one knew who the Coen Brothers were. It had come out in America first and was very controversial at the time because there was so much blood and guts and wasn't expected here. And I went to see it and said, oh, this is fabulous. I just loved the film. And from then on, I said, I'm seeing everything they make. And the next thing was Raising Arizona, which I loved and was great comedy. Then it was Miller's Crossing. And just from then on, every single thing I think has been great. There's been, there's lesser films. Hootsucker Proxy, I would probably put as the lowest. But things like Barton Fink and No Country for Old Men, I didn't enjoy. Really? Oh, I didn't enjoy it. I, no, I thought what? they were co- I didn't what? enjoy them as Coen Brother films. We can't be friends. What? Yet. Okay. Well, I, I did like the lady killers. <laughs> So this is the end of Spoilerama, the end of the yeah, episode. No. Oh, no, the amount of times I don't, like, I, I don't agree with Lady Killers being the last one. That what was one of the... F- I don't think they should have ever made Lady Killers. I think they I took a very good Ealing comedy and made it into something unfunny and awful. Oh, then, yes, I disagree. It's very funny. I think of all the ones I've seen, and I know you are going to cry with this, but I think Hail Caesar for me is the last. I think it's the worst of one. one of the worst no. films. I, I went to see it at the cinema I and just asleep. I nearly cried. Yeah, but that's it was so you bad. Fell because you were tired. Well, you the film didn't the help time. make. Um, to be Have honest. you seen it since? No. Then how I've tried. You say it's the least? I've tried. What about the Battle of the Bastard Scrugs? Have we all seen Has that? Has anyone seen that? No. 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 <laughs> no. I, I, watched, I watched it and fell asleep through it. That's red wine does it for me, but yeah. it's okay. Okay, has anyone here not fallen asleep at a Coen Brothers film? <laughs> Everyone here fallen asleep at a Coen Brothers film. <laughs> well, okay, so what, okay, back to then. So um, maybe we should have some initial kind of discussions around who here is a Coen who likes Coen Brother films? Well, I do like them. I haven't seen them all, but I do like them. Okay. Have you guys seen any other films that they've done? Yeah, from the ones I've seen, like Fargo, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, Fargo's yeah. brilliant. Anybody else? <laughs> seen any others? I've only seen two, but what I've seen, I thought they were really good. Right. So you did really enjoy that country yeah. film, then? Yeah, and even... I enjoyed like, that too. Big Lebowski yeah. after. Kind of, once I got into it, I really liked it. Yeah, did you guys enjoy Big Lebowski? Yeah. yeah, not at first. It? it was kind of I had to cop what was going on during it. After I, I was like during, I was trying to figure out what was happening. But at the end, I realized it didn't matter what was happening. It was quite pointless. That was the whole point of it because I just got so confused with it. But then I liked it. It was pointless after I figured it out. I like the humor in it. Like the characters are funny. Oh yeah, it's all yeah. about the dialogue, the characters. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. But um, that is what the Coen Brothers and are. Unique. It's all a comic. Like every when you think of it, what well, maybe No Country for All Men is quite serious but everything else is tummy cheek in some way like it's comic yeah. it's David Lynchian in that way it's just mm. not that serious and that's what I love about them I think one thing they do very well is they work very well with actors so they get a lot of actors that they have a kind of like Orson Welles used to have a kind of company of players mm-hmm. you see recurring actors in yeah, Coen Brothers films the and they work very well they give actors space I mean clearly the film if it's about anything, it's about three men, isn't it? In many ways. And that's where the beauty of the film is. That's where the tragedy of the film is with poor old Donnie dying in the car park. You know, these kind of things. Yeah, it, it, and the same person that killed him there killed him in Fargo. There you go. And is, there's yeah. another what connection. There's yeah. another connection, isn't there? In The Big Lebowski, every time John Goodman shouts, shut the F up, Donnie, that's yes. because in Fargo, Steve Buscemi played a character who kept interrupting people's conversations. So these mm-hmm. are the kind of in-jokes well, that I would say are part of, uh, part of cinema history, history now, aren't they? I mean, this is the other thing. It was 1998, wasn't it? 
Yes. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, cinema yeah, yeah. history. Some of us weren't born not long before or after the film came out. Many of us were born in 2000, were we not? Exactly. So this film came out before many people <laughs> in the <laughs> audience really? today. Who's born in 2000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is real cinema. Oh, yeah. You're older than you. You're older you're than my, you. You're my brother's age. But this is real I cinema see you guys history. My age. But doesn't yeah. this then make what we're doing even more fascinating? Wow. We're digging deep into the past, going back to a time before some of the people guests on your show today were born. Well, I was three years old there, so I mean... <laughs> Desperately clinging to your youth. I was young. <laughs> well, You're yeah. still young, yeah. Marina, just a oh, different kind you. of young. Well, I was on the radio. That's not, that's not, okay. Um, yeah. Well, when I saw Blood Simple, it was 18, and I sneaked in. So that's, okay. that's the comfort well, I'm dragging from it. Ballabusters well, well, was probably the only one I could have actually gone into cinema and seen. They're all 18. Yeah, if it was released. But it's on, yes, but you yeah. don't need to go into the cinema. This is the other thing about them. They kind of, like, Buster Scruggs is one of the Netflix films that... Did it have a limited cinematic release? I don't think it did. It didn't here. Didn't they want to release them cinematically so they could be eligible for They want to afterwards, oh, don't right. they? Oh, yeah. it, is, it is up for an Oscar, so they must yeah. have. Yeah. Because it's the same with Roma. Because yeah. Roma is the same, days. isn't it? Yeah. Well, Roma was released here anyway. But Roma was also either. a Netflix film, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And but how many Oscars is Roma nominated for? And how many BAFTAs did it win? It won about eight, didn't it? Including Best Cinematographer. Is Did it? it? Oh, I think so, because he's his own cinematographer, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. But back to the Coen brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, just back because, to the film, I mean, yeah. what does it matter if a film doesn't make any sense? A bit like that sentence doesn't make any sense. Do we watch films purely for narrative convenience? Like, if you compare Lebowski uh, to something like Liam Neeson's Taken, there's not a second in a film like Taken that's wasted. It is actually just, here's a character, let's get him here. Someone tells him something, he punches someone, they tell him something else, he gets his daughter. Whereas with Lebowski, I think an experience for everybody is just, it's much more circular, isn't it? Well, you're, just... you're basically the character, you're, you're the dude. He doesn't know what the hell is going on, neither do you. It's submersion in it, like you're yeah. with their go in the flow lives and all of yeah. them are, I like how they're stuck in the past kind of, like the dude is in the flare movement. Really. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's humorous. Yeah, because and your man each, is in Vietnam. Yeah, it's, war con it's so contrasting, but yet they're together. <laughs> the last three trees to Well, the fact that every time he's an argument with someone, including the old lady in the coffee shop, I didn't see my friend's life face dead in the mud. <laughs> it keeps coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a Maltese yeah. in there. Well, probably because it was the only good thing he did, like the only achievement, probably. Well, I think in the original script, he, um, Jeff Bridges turns from me at one point and says, you were never in fucking Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a case yeah. of, it's mm. just his character, he's thrown out there, his bravado. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the risk of sounding film nerdy, there are films that have influences, and one of the major influences on this is the great Hawks film, uh, Noir, The Big Sleep, which is legendarily a film which doesn't make any sense either. And there are stories that even Raymond Chandler, who the uh, script was based on one of his novels, didn't know who the hell was what in the film. It's a famous film from 46. And so you get a sense with The Big Lebowski that it's, it's also celebrating a different form of storytelling. A storytelling which is slightly more kind of shaggy dog, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, no, but apparently the dude was based on someone. 
I can't remember his name. Robert something? Okay. Oh yeah, something? I think I did hear that, that there was an actual character they knew who was exactly like, it was a well-known character Yeah, and he well. was in the Seven, Seattle Seven. Yeah. And he was... All the things he claims um, yeah, done, yeah, 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 had yeah. been done by yeah, this guy. Okay, okay. So, okay I don't think it's in the, on the trivia screen, but apparently yeah. the Walter Sobchak character was influenced by John Milius. Oh yeah, the I famous right-wing director. You well, should be an actor. You memorise script very well. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> memorise your notes. <laughs> Marina, I'm prepared yes. for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done, touche. <laughs> so I think moving on, Mick, where do you want to go with this next? Do we want to sort of uh, talk well, about... Is, did everyone who saw it, like, was this the first time, obviously it was the first time yeah. you sat through it, was the first time for seeing this film for everyone else? Second. Second, yeah. right. And was it a labour to watch it a second time? No, uh, I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time around than okay. I did the first time because I was like 10 years old when I saw it, so I didn't oh, quite yeah. get it. Yeah. No, it would not work for a 10 year old, exactly. I could imagine. So, um, I mean, uh, Manuel, do you say you, this is the first time you saw it? Yeah. Um, what, like, had you seen Coen Brothers film before? No. So, would you be watching any more? Yes, I was pleasantly surprised. Right. That's good. Yeah. It's a chore though, isn't it? If you don't know what to expect. That's it, yeah, you yeah. have to know what to expect. If you expected nothing to happen, but if you're going and expecting the story because it's the fault of Fargo, like their next film, that was heavy story based, but yeah. this story yeah. doesn't really. It almost looks it. like people just men mucking about, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, it's very serious. I mean, there's the, uh, the uh, pederast, isn't there, played by John Turturro. The other bowler, who the story is, he who had to go he? around and knock on he all the doors he? to tell them he was on the sex offenders list. Or yeah, something. he was yeah. based on something as well, wasn't he? I, think was, <laughs> I, I, I understand they gave Chitoro a lot of space, and he, he when he dances, apparently he was influenced by Muhammad Ali. I heard. But well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he is he's doing this sort of boxing shadow yeah. thing. Well, they around. gave him a lot of space to do. But also, I mean, the, the Walter Sobchak is is PT, like shining PTSD, isn't it? The scene where he dances backwards. Yeah. and then that character is he would probably fit into kind of contemporary cinema. This this gun nut who's got post traumatic stress disorder. He would be kind of evident in a lot of American cinema of today, or he wouldn't look out of place. The hippie type characters would perhaps feel less. 2019, but a, a crazed character who carries a gun and gets upset at every opportunity. Takes it out in the bowling alley. And takes it out yeah. in the bowling well, alley that, that's what he was had in the because see, when he did that, I was going, oh Jesus, he couldn't do, possibly get away with that. Now, this is when he took it out in the bowling alley, I said, because there's so much gun yeah. crime going on. Whereas at the time, this would have been just a very funny moment in the film. I think it is of its time in that regard, things have changed. And also, as well, when you say about the pedophile, that wasn't as big. Like that was just some a, a sick joke at the time in the film. Now it's very dodgy. So it's very different. I don't think you can do it now. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the cinema is different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the whole Me Too movement, the Weinstein stuff, all of that kind of stuff means that even going back and looking at a film like this, you are looking at it with one eye thinking, okay, could it be made today? Which is an interesting question for films because a lot of films mm. couldn't get Hitchcock making films today. He wouldn't be allowed, you know, with some of the things that he used to do on set and yeah. what, the way he behaved. So it's a curious film. It's part of a filmography, isn't it? Because it's a marker with, are the Coen brothers cinematic greats? If there is a Mount Rushmore for American film directors, would we see their faces carved in it? I think there should be. 
I think they're like I mean I as I said I've gone to see everything they do and I'm never disappointed. I've yeah, always I've, enjoyed their films. I've always enjoyed their films as well. I think they are. I think they're one of the you know they're the they're up there with Scorsese and Tarantino mm. and then Coen Brothers. They're the three that you normally would think. Yeah, you'd go no, ma no matter what the film is. You'd go and see them in the cinema. At least I would. No, but I wouldn't put Almodovar there as in they're almost the same. You know what to expect with them. Right. If you get me, Almodovar is a personal favorite. These guys are <laughs> no, but what I mean is these guys are more. They're seen as big. Oh right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, that's what I mean. Oh, no, I, I think of those. Yeah, but from my point of view, I would put them in there because these are the filmmakers I will always go back to. I'll always go and see. Yes, yes, I'll yes, always yeah. go and see an Almodovar. I'll always go and see Terence Davis. Um, Someone else's name I've forgotten. But a lot of these filmmakers, they are because I saw them from the start, like mm. from their early films, I've always got into them. So, and they've always been consistently good. That's what I would so say. You know, you're getting quality. Yeah, and you know what type of quality is what. You know, you're going to get something different with the Coen Brothers. They're still making movies as well, so there's still be more to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting yeah. point because a lot of people come up with a really good film and then that's it. They can't ever get back to it but they, at least the kind of brothers seem to is that because they're quite happy to switch around genres yeah i, I think they don't care so. i think they don't make films for no mm. one other than themselves oh yeah mm. but the fact that they can yeah, yeah they yeah. can make whatever film they're not tied to any particular genre and they have they? great actors who are their friends and like mm. one of them is married to Francis door like you know you're gonna have a good <laughs> yeah film. i think it's curious when you think about this, you play imaginary swapping games. Imagine if the Coen brothers had made The Matrix, for example. How different would that have been as a film? If you think, think about what they bring to American cinema, <laughs> is there anybody else making films today who has that similar kind of unique worldview? Because every single one of their films, you know instantly it's a Coen brothers film. Well, Tarantino oh, yeah. is the same, I think. The you know instantly, they are the, they are you know instantly it's yeah. Tarantino. Like they make them, and same with Hitchcock or anyone like that, or Spielberg mm. to an extent too. You know it's distinctly their film. If you didn't know it was made by them, mm. but particularly with Coen Brothers, you would know half an hour in, yeah, this is a Coen Brothers film. So that's back yeah, to yeah. the classroom or to Theory 101, isn't it? The director mm. with making a, some kind of hallmark across their films so we know with each of their films that it's indicative of their kind of, their worldview, their presence, their thumbprint, their fingerprints or whatever it is. Mm. It's curious, where do we find ourselves in relation to things like, the film can be quite violent. This, yeah. this film? Their films in general, oh, Coen Brothers yeah. films, I mean, old, well, right, No Country for Old Men is incredibly violent, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the source material. Is well, of course, and then I'm yeah. thinking there's a verbal violence in the film. Lady Killers isn't. isn't. Lady, well, I, we don't <laughs> talk about the Lady Killers. It does, and he spits it up in the air, and it has a loving kind of slow motion spin, doesn't it? It was just. It was just. That's a good reference. And there's a lot of verbal violence as well, isn't there? There's a lot of. Oh yeah. Shut the fuck up, Donnie, constantly. Yeah, but that. I see. I like that. But that's the humour in it. Yeah, I think it's. Particularly since Donnie never sees anything. Lucky. What's lucky? Parodying Stanton's last film. No. Oh, he's brilliant, and all he does is swear. And he's an old, old man. He's 90. He's 90, and all he does is swear, and it's a brilliant film. 
Well, swearing in films is fine, isn't it? I mean, it's swearing in the reviewing of films is another story, isn't it? Especially in relation to children's films. But that's a that's well, for another do, podcast. I, isn't it? It's not on. It's not on the children's podcast. No, it isn't. What I no, I, I wasn't thinking of anyone in particular. I was just thinking well, okay. in, in yeah, terms well, of, kind of in terms of sort of the, the publicness of podcasting. Where do we go after a film like Lebowski? Where would you go? Did it make you want to go and watch other Lebowski, uh, Coen Brothers films? Yeah, definitely. Did it take you in that direction? Yeah, I've, I've only seen three of on this list here we have. Don't bother with number 18. Oh, oh dude. Dude. It's Tom Hanks uh, in a Coen Brothers film. 16 Brothers isn't great. Like Tom 14, forget about it. It's not worth the bother. Um, it is good. Um, what else have we got? A serious Man, I didn't like. I it was too serious. serious. I just love all of them. They're just great. There's one missing there. There's one missing. Oh, no, that was there. What ones are on Netflix? I was thinking they'll just. What ones are on Netflix? That's a very good question. One of these films are on Netflix. The Bowski? I'm guessing we all watched it on Netflix. I think Fargo's on Netflix. Yeah. Battle of the Scrubs. I think that's it so far. But I mean, the fact that those are on it, they've only recently gone. Is Shrew on it as well? No, I don't think No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And some of the others. No country for old men isn't either, I don't no. think. No. It might be on the US Netflix. They yeah. Someone could look that up but while we're live on the air. I'd say they're probably they? already available in the DBS College Library. Oh, a DVD, sorry. No, no, I do like the library. I did like it. I spent loads of time in there. We could go around the audience and give Lebowski a mark out of 10, couldn't we? Because that would yes. be oh, an yeah. interesting exercise. What do you think? Mick, what okay. would you give it out of 10? Oh, well, I'm giving it 10. Well, yeah, 10 five stars. But there's nowhere to go one. after that. Well, no, I always give the Cumbers top marks. I just love their films. There's no question of it. I will watch them all. Even the Lady then. Killers. Even the Lady Killers. I really do. And I the love best. the original as well. It's a completely different film from the original. The Which should never have been made. It's a different film. From it's not the same. Well, pro- it's not really well, no, it's it's But it's still, it's very noticeably a Coen Brothers version. It's like it's saying Spam is a completely different kind of sandwich filling. It's just revolting. You wouldn't bother. Yeah, but you might like Spam. But you wouldn't. But is it, it, it's the Lady Killers is... Do you like Spam? No. no. Anyone around the... Okay, while they're discussing Spam, I'm around. <laughs> so, Joel, what's your mark out of 10 for uh, Lady give it like an 8, because the characters, like, even though the story doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, it's got no point, but the characters are really good. And even at the end, you see, like, when the uh, dude and Walter go to Lebowski's house, and he tells the dude, like, oh, you're just kind of nobody, like, you don't matter. You're kind of, you see that the plot doesn't matter either. It's kind of more about the characters and what's yeah. happened. And the humour. Yeah. Okay, Patrick? Uh, I don't really use movie ratings, so I'm just going to say it was pretty good. Okay. 7.5. 7.5. That's a generous one. Uh, I really like the unconventional storytelling movie. It was something different from all the other Coen Brothers films yeah. that I've seen so far, and that uh, was just really funny. And uh, I also liked the themes in the movie. Myself being an nihilist, I really related to that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're on the right course. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Excellent. Um, and Give it a ten, just because of how Juliana Moore came into the room. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing by Hannes. That is a great moment in the film, actually. Because no one's mentioned her yet. Yeah. I'd forgotten she was in it when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. And then just that's exactly as you said, which you can realize that's all. But it's brilliant how um, the dude actually, when he has a fight with the man in the other car, 
which we nothing is explained about the other person who like yeah the the other private guy he just says would you stop calling her my special lady i'm trying to help her conceive which two (laughs) minutes ago he thought the idea was shocking when she was in the yoga position helping her to conceive didn't she but we forget julianne moore who's now probably one of the great but she she wouldn't have been that well known then yeah. At the time, like, I think and your man who did up. Harry Potter, who was the guy who wouldn't stop laughing. Oh, David Hewlett. Yeah. Yeah, he was unknown. He was great as well. Then. All you did was laugh. I mean, that's an easy part. The videographer. Yeah. So, anyway, did you, have you, that was your first Coen Brothers film? Yeah. Are you going to watch more? Yeah. Okay, we, would we recommend any particular one? The Lady Killers! <laughs> it's Tom yeah, actually, Hanks have you seen the original movie. Lady Killers from 1960? Well, then watch this version. Well, I and haven't. And then watch it. And you have. I would recommend Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Because well, it's incredible. a kind of musical, which is a nice kind of George Clooney. Has everyone yeah. seen Fargo? Yeah. That's on Netflix, so you, can you watch haven't that. seen Fargo? I'll watch it. Fargo. Yeah. Fargo's brilliant. And, then, and the really series. The series is really good, too. The series is good as well. And it has David Thewlis in the second season, I think. Yeah. In the, the second season no, the the third, in the third one third season yeah yeah. that's what's interesting like a lot of people who've been in Coen Brothers films turn up in part mm-hmm. of the series yeah Ian McGregor is in the third, third um, eight out of ten I liked the characters of the acting and the cinematography was of a very high quality um, so definitely a solid eight out of ten and have you seen many other Coen Brothers I've films? only seen two others but any I've seen so far I've been very happy with so I will be seen more on this list which two have you seen i've seen fargo and no country for old men i love it. am i the only one here who's seen blood simple Me. by any chance it's blood simple, blood simple as well that's good yeah yeah, yeah. is that the one with the knife in the hand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's been saving the dvd did you give me the dvd no 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 no, no it's well sorry. worth a view blood simple yeah. uh raising arizona is very funny yeah. Uh, but I'd be curious I think that is on Netflix Raising Arizona isn't it I don't think it is Joe was looking that up did you come across what was on Netflix I was looking there was a few but I don't have to see a lot of them showed up from the US Inside Lou and Davis is well worth watching as well it's yeah. a slightly different pace but it's a nice it's a nice film I was actually going to ask you who is your favourite character in it because uh, like if I had to pick it would probably be Walter I, I would say it's the most entertaining character. Not favourite that I identify with him by any means. No, no. Point but I would say, yeah, it's certainly his entertainment. He is. No, I identify with the dude. That's why I like. Oh no, him. I identify with it, but it was he is. He does. He's very, very funny in himself as well. Like when he confronts the cop, he says, um, "I'm a butter Seamus." He says, "Oh yeah, is that an Irish?" An Irish. <laughs> <laughs> an Irish monk. Because those are film noir references, aren't they? Seamus's, which were yeah. private eyes and that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's I like. Um, I no. I, I, I my favorite one is the dude because the whole thing is just because he got pissed off that someone pissed on his rock. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's such just, a silly thing. To be but I so angry about. It. It. Yeah. Yeah. And it still wasn't rectified. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get angry though. Like his parents get like. And everything. He doesn't seem that angry about that, but yeah. quite laid back. The it's, such a problem. It brought it all together. Yeah, that's what he said. He pulled the room together. There are beautiful moments of performance, aren't there? Like when he spent ages nailing that piece of wood into the door, and then the door opens the other way, and he just goes, oh. Yeah, so I yeah. Okay, Dale, what would you give it? Well, halfway through the movie, I'd probably give it a five. I just didn't get But after I watched it, eight or nine because there's something does well you don't really get from most films nowadays the memorable moments you can think about ten moments from it straight away 
Mm. Like you think yeah. of smashing well, we the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, smashing the car is a great moment, isn't it? Because like, the beauty oh, of Walter funny. is every time he acts, he gets it wrong. He's always so confident. The fact that he called the dude afterwards saying that Larry was about to give in. Yeah, he's gonna crack. Well, there's another. There's a beautiful thing, and I, I think you're right, Dale, because there's an agency, isn't there, about characters doing things? And in a film where they don't seem to be doing much, here's one character who every time he tries to do something, he gets it wrong. Seems like they have the whole problem sorted, but they can't get it done. But they make it seem like they can trick him to get it done. Absolutely, and he's so confident. Like this is how we're going to do the bag exchange, and he gets that wrong. And then this is this is how I'm going to win an argument with a fellow bowler. Oh, and the whole and the whole um, references to Saddam. There, like, yeah, there is are now. Yeah, but at the time yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. after the Gulf War, so yeah. it was it was just it wasn't too strange. But even in his but dream, now, that he's there, it was Saddam giving, giving his the bowling, the, the bowling shoes and everything. Which I believe was a homage to possibly Berkeley, wasn't it? Hollywood cinema. Well, it's so very it's like that. that kind of yeah. yeah, the musical scene that has no purpose whatsoever. It's just there. Yeah, with the crowns and the pins and. And finally, Gabriella, what would you give it? I would give eight, let's say, because like I'm more about the story, you know, like what is happening on the, the movie and so on, mm -hmm. and like I didn't listen for a long time, and then like I needed to to read it again, like the description and so on, but I like the comedy parts like like bathtub and the car you know but I didn't like the movie sorry that much okay so is you're a writer aren't you so yeah so you prefer did you like the dialogue yeah I didn't feel like it wasn't like it didn't catch me at all it's not yeah. your type of no have you seen any other Coen Brothers film no right yeah you see that I think a lot of it is if you're a Coen Brothers fan in the first place you will love this though because it just caters to what you like. Well, Fargo, sorry, getting violent. Um, Fargo is a good one for writers, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. it's, it's for, a very big construction. Yeah, yeah. For structure is. So that's an interesting question, isn't it? With an audience, a studio audience full of filmmakers, can you find value in watching a Crime Brothers film in terms of understanding how films work? Is there something liberating, for example, about making a film where people don't do much? Yeah, they kind of break the rules, don't they? Yeah. That's what they're going. Oh yeah, well, in all their films, they're doing that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. so, as filmmakers, you're always under pressure to tell a story, get it made, get it finished, write this, move this, get these characters from that space to this space. But there's something liberating about disrupting that. It's not nihilism quite, but it's something about let's just make a film. Well, I still think out of all of them, I think Fargo is the one that follows. The, well, sta the, the standard way of making movies a bit more mm. than any other Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, they're so, still conventional yeah, experimental yeah. filmmakers, yeah. aren't they? It's not as if you can't understand it because they're editing to a different beat or they're, they're making films in a different way. It's just there's something liberating about people who break rules within rigid systems, I think. Because, mm. I mean, Hollywood is a, a very rigid storytelling system and has been since the 1910s. And so to see someone constantly taking the chance to actually just I mean they don't break it completely it's not Goddard that would be interesting but it's so they can still find space also because this is the other thing it's a celebration of the actual physical spaces isn't it it's a celebration of California that kind mm. of sense where these films are made so it, you get that sense of a love of landscape 
cityscape, that kind of stuff when they're moving through the films. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're very aware of the settings. I don't know what particular with Fargo, mm. with the strange way they talk and so on, which Absolutely. was such a big thing at the time. Um, well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, well, okay. Barney didn't give a score, did he? Sorry, Barney, what are you going to Well, funny you should ask, um, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. Only because... Have you seen many Coen Brothers films? Uh, I haven't seen all of the ones on the list, and some of the ones I've seen I can't unsee, so that's my concern. I'm going to give it nine, and that's because it took me three times... I had to watch it in three chunks this time, because I found... I got so far, then I had to stop, and then maybe that's the beauty of not seeing it. Would you so like it if they made their own version of Grown Ups too, or the internship? <laughs> the in, well, maybe there's an episode to be made in the future about Grown Ups too, which is one of my favourite films because it's just utter rubbish. So I would give this nine out of ten because there's always room for improvement, even with people as mighty as Joel and Ethan Cohen. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to close it off then? No, you can do no, it. No, you can do it. Why? All right. <laughs> Fine. Well, we'll leave it there, apparently. So thank you all for listening, and thank you very much to the class of Hollywood Cinema um, from DBS 2019. I've forgotten the year it was. And thank you all for 2018 to 2019. Graduating in 2021. Wow. That's <laughs> You'll be even older. This is how I feel all the time. Anyway, thank you all for joining us and thank you for listening out there. That's been this week's Spoilerama. Do we say I've been Mel Alderson? I've been Mick Jordan. Okay. And I've been Marina Gorski. Woo!